Sunday Golds is back for another episode, Arya Masudi and Brett Nevitt. Joining you here on a Monday after Florida State falls to Notre Dame three times. They get swept at home by a top 15 team in the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. And before that, they lost a, a tough game to the Florida Gators uh, in Jacksonville. And uh, we touched on that a little bit before the preview for this series. And um, man, uh, this weekend was tough. It was brutal in a lot of ways. And uh, it was uh, a disaster. No, there's no other way to really put it when you get swept at home on your own field. Uh, Notre Dame is a very good baseball team. And all three games were very, very close. But nonetheless, the Knowles could not find a single game in that three. And there was a variety of reasons throughout the weekend, one of which Notre Dame is very good. Uh, Brett, uh, I guess we're going to dive into everything specifically. This is not a podcast. I think if, if you're listening for us to come in and rail the team or you think we're going to come here and rip everything apart, uh, that's just not going to happen. I wouldn't say that this is the episode for you if you want to vent. Um, I do think we're all very frustrated about the way the team played. I promise you nobody's more frustrated than the guys in that dugout, in that clubhouse, and that coaching staff. So let's keep perspective. There are a lot of reasons for concern, and Brett and I will touch on some of those as this podcast goes along. But there are also a lot of reasons as to why April, early April is not the time to freak out about what this team can and can't do or who the right coach is for this program. I think we both got a lot of mentions this weekend in our social media DMs and, and in our mentions, and it was uh, pretty ridiculous, if I have to say so myself. So, Brett, before we dive in specifically, uh, I just wanted to give you a chance to give your overall thoughts from a macro point of view on the weekend. Yeah, um, I'm pretty exhausted after this last week, to be honest, and all the things, like you said, that we've read and um, you know, obviously I think it's disappointing, um, you know, and it's not fun to watch, but I'm not going to sit here and say that this team stinks or this team isn't good. Um, this team's good. It has plenty of capability. Um, they got guys that can help them win baseball games that just aren't playing up to their potential right now. And they're just in a stretch where it's just, this is baseball. Um, I think we talk on this podcasts a lot there's ups and downs there's peaks and valleys uh they're in one of those valleys right now um i think every team goes through them at some point in a season and the only thing that matters is how you respond to that valley and you know i think it's a good thing that florida state has a five game week upcoming and they got two games back at hauser right away to try to right right the wrongs and get back on the winning ways but um yeah man i'm not going to sit here and trash any of these kids or say this team is, you know, not playing hard or anything like that. Um, I just think, you know, baseball, this happens, and they got to be able to respond to it. They got to be able to play better, make make pitches, make swings in, in tight spots. Um, yeah, I just – it is what it is, and I think we, we look at it now and say, how did it happen? How can it be fixed rather than saying, you know – this season's over, this, this kid stinks, this, this guy stinks, you know. So, you know, I think we just go from here and hope that the response is better than what we had this last week. And, um, you know, I, I, I still have positive, positive thoughts on this team overall, but disappointing week for sure. Yeah, and I don't want people to mistakenly think that you and I aren't upset or that we're going to make excuses for some of the play this weekend. I don't think that you would listen to our podcast if we didn't keep it real with you. Um, and we are going to do that. And there are some serious concerns with this baseball team. And, and Brett and I will outline those in this podcast. It was kind of funny. They, uh, I went Sunday as a fan, and they put the bongo cam on me in the, in the, uh, at Hauser in, in the stadium. And, man, I was not in a good mood. It was like the wrong time to have a camera on me. And I faked a smile and a bongo motion. <laughs> and, uh, gosh, I, that was the last place I wanted to be um, when we were down 9-4 to four in the middle innings there on Sunday. Um, this team is 16 and 11. I think given the talent on this roster and especially on the mound, I don't think that's good enough. I think it's been, a uh, it's disappointing. Uh, no doubt you should never get swept if you are a quality caliber baseball team, um, at home nonetheless. Um, what bothered me the most folks was Sunday, uh, after the two losses when Florida State came out and I, I just... I didn't feel that sense of urgency 
that I thought would come from that clubhouse um, to try and salvage a game. Now, they, they did come in waves late to try and make a push back, but at that point, you're playing a really good Notre Dame team who had some quality arms left in the bullpen to throw at you. Uh, I also am disappointed in the rest, in, you know, prior games when people talk about, and Brett and I have done it, that it's really hard to sweep somebody. And that's true, but Notre Dame just showed you you can do it if you have a good baseball team. Um, and it bothered me that Sunday Notre Dame could have laid down and, and kind of took it from Florida State on the road and kind of said, oh, we won the series, let's get out of here. Um, Florida State hasn't provided that same level of focus on, on game threes at times this season. That's what this weekend showed me um, and highlighted. Uh, I'm disappointed in the lineup. I think it's a much better lineup than is performing right now. I think all three of the transfers in the lineup are not playing at the level that they're capable of playing at. And, a lot, and, and all three of them have shown better uh, at their other schools. That's why, you know, right now it's, it's a little frustrating to watch. I think the defense has been disappointing. Uh, and I think the coaching staff isn't comfortable with what they have right now in, in, in that area because they keep trying a lot of different things. And to me, that just signals you don't have 100% confidence in the guys that you're running out there uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Now, that's not saying it's a bad... Uh, tactic because we've seen it all over college baseball. You're going to find the guys that fit, right? Trayton rank in left field. You moved Jaime to right. Uh, you've got in the infield, you're switching things around to try and figure out who's best at third and who's in center. Uh, I think there's just a lot right now going on and meet and the staff are trying to figure out what works best. That's been disappointing a little bit too about what are we 25 games into the season. Uh, on the mound, I'm disappointed in the way the bullpen's pitching. I, I don't think that um, there's the depth that we had hoped there would be in the pen to this point. I think there are only, uh, what, three guys that I think Meet really trusts right now to, to pitch at the back end of a game. And I do think, and I'm hoping as the season goes along, that Meet, Belly, Metcalf, and the rest figure out some more arms that can come in and, and step in and, and kind of contribute in big high leverage situations. Maybe that is Jackson Baumeister, who I thought had one of the best outings of his career this weekend. So those are the things I'm disappointed in. Why I'm not gonna freak out is because it's early April and there's a lot of time to figure some things out. The talent's there, your rotation's still very good, and there are some bats in there that I think are gonna get hot. And when they do, it's gonna look really nice. FSU's more than capable of winning four games in a row like they did last year against Miami and Florida. And everybody thought that was an Omaha caliber team, right? Everybody was beating the drum. And to finish off this tangent and this rant, Brett, uh, I would like to also point out that there are a lot of teams this weekend who are searching for answers. Vanderbilt got swept at home by Tennessee. Uh, yes, Tennessee is the number one team in the country. Vanderbilt has a lot of pride, too, though, and who they are. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of them are frustrated over there that they got beat at home three times in a row. Oregon got swept this weekend, too. Florida got swept by Georgia this weekend, too. Louisville lost a series to Pitt. Uh, there are a lot, and I could keep going down the list if you'd like, but uh, for the sake of time and to throw it back to Brett, I'm not going to. Um, I like this club, Brett. I like where I think they can go. They've got a lot of pieces, and they can mesh at the right point. People get hot and cold. It happens. It's baseball. This is why baseball is a beautiful sport, because it, it provides you the most opportunities to freak out uh, on any given week. In football, you do this maybe you know, a couple times a season. In basketball, you do it a couple times a season. In baseball, you can literally do it every week because you're playing too much. So I'm going to throw it back to you. I'm going to let you kind of go on uh, on your little speech here. Uh, but that's where I'm at. I still really like where this baseball team can be. Yeah, so I think, I mean, this is a game that's not going to give you instant results. It's not a sport that's going to give you instant results. But there's a lot of fans every year that want instant results. And obviously that's not coming right now. And a lot of people will panic because of that. But, uh, yeah, I don't have really any panic in me right now. Um, the Notre Dame pitching staff is really good, um, obviously, their starters aren't the best in the world, but, I mean, they, they showed a lot of depth. They had a lot of power arms in the back end, and I thought Link Jarrett pulled every string the right way. And I thought, you know, I just think overall, um, you know, Friday I thought it was really disappointing. You, you, you can't – if you're going to be a really good team, a great team, you can't waste Parker's performance right there. Um, I know Notre Dame's throwing really good good, good arms, but you just got to score one run. Um 
Saturday, I thought the the management was disappointing, um, and the execution late in the game was disappointing. Sunday, I felt like was a, was a lot of bad breaks after you know tough start to the weekend, and I think getting down three zero right away. Um, you know, I, I I don't know if there wasn't I wasn't so disappointed with the, I don't really think there was a super lack of urgency, but I think getting down three zero right away puts you in a hole where it's tough to climb out of and they obviously did right away. But, um, you know, Sunday just felt like a day where everything that's been happening to them lately, that was unlucky happened again. I mean, the two run double you get robbed of. I mean, that's a really good play by Notre Dame. Um, but that's a two run double that Jaime would have had. Um, you know, the, the ball that hits a runner trying to take third that, really isn't a bad throw and and then the umpires say it goes goes in the dugout and that leads to two runs um i mean sunday was just like a, a, it's just a come like everything that was bad happening all just came to light again on sunday um this team just needs to hit the reset button a little bit i mean they just need to keep staying positive and um you know i think we'll get more into depth and on some of these other things as we look at each of these games but um you know overall there's just I think everything with this program needs to be simplified right now. Things need to be simplified. Things need to be figured out. You can't be 27 games into a season and still have no idea what you want to do with your lineup, still have no idea what you want to do with your bullpen rolls. Um, you've played enough games now where you know who can do what and who can't do what. Um, you know, I, I just think with the approach of the plate, it needs to be simplified. It seems like guys are thinking way too much, not just playing freely. Um, you know, the one constant between the last two years, I mean, you got a whole completely new lineup. The one constant with the offense is, is the approach. Um, so to me, you just, you just got to simplify things. You, you got to stop making these kids think so much. Um, you got a bunch of guys just making bad decisions to the plate because it seems like they're pressing and I just, you just want guys to go up there and swing the bat loose and free and just go play baseball and just hit the ball hard and don't worry so much about, you know, if this pitch is, is spinning or not. If, I mean, I get a lot of the things they want to do, but at some point you just got to simplify things and let kids hit. And at some point you just need to simplify things and put out the same sort of lineups every day. And, um, you know, I just think there's a, there's a lot of things they want to do, but they're not coming to fruition right now. And the only way to fix those things is to simplify them and just make things a little easier on these kids. I mean, I think we're both a little exhausted and we're only halfway through the season. I can only imagine how exhausted the players are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's tough right now, but it's not the end of the world by any means. Yeah, you know, I thought game two specifically, Brett, when Meat switched, it felt like the entire lineup, was it like the second or third inning? It felt early in the game. And that to me signaled all right, Meat's really trying to play matchups. Almost when you say you want to, you want to see it simplified, it's almost like relying on numbers and analytics to a major league level when this is the college game. And and I'm not saying that, that Meat's wrong for that because I think the the numbers would tell you that that's smart, right? Uh, you want to put guys in who are advantageous against the lefty or a righty at the plate. Um, but to me, that signaled like you're not comfortable with the guys that you're starting. Or you would just kind of like you would ride it out and see what would happen in that game, and I got I get the stakes of the game too. You're playing a, a top fifteen team. This is an important series, and you're you are doing everything you can to win. Meets treating it like a super regional, right? Like it's a you have to win two out of three, but it's just the middle of it's the middle of college baseball season. A lot of changes, a lot of shifts, just a lot going on. Well, with my thing is. Not only do they need to simplify, they need to start. They need to start balancing things. So think with the approach you need to balance your approach you have, and also what fits a kid. And on the mound, you need to balance the AAA three four K with throwing changes for certain kids and kids that don't have an amazing changeup. Throw what works for them. For example, Wyatt Crowell. I think it was. I don't remember exactly what day Wyatt threw. I think it was Saturday. Well, I think Wyatt. Struck out the first pitch battery faced on three pitches. Two of them were sliders, and they both got ugly swings. I think Wyatt faced two or three more hitters. He didn't throw any more sliders. I think he walked a hitter on a bunch of change-ups. I, I just think they need to start playing more to the strength of their of their players that they have and start to trust guys more. Um, with the matchups, you know, I don't mind playing matchups, but at the same time, you've got to play the hot hand. 
Um, I mean, Brock Mathis has two at-bats in the last nine games. I find that unacceptable. I know it's hard to get him in the lineup. You you don't really trust him behind the plate. But, okay, if you don't trust him behind the plate, have him start taking ground balls at first base. you got to find ways to put guys – I mean, I, I go home and, I mean, like, I'm thinking like a million diff- like different things that can we do this? Can we do this? Can we, we, we they just got to start trying to get the guys that are going to hit in the lineup. I mean, playing, I mean, you start Brock finally one game and you give him one at bat before you pull him out and I get it. You want to get at bats for Tyler, but man, then, then don't DH Brock, put him somewhere like give Brock some at bats, give the people who have a hot stick, get them in the, in the, in the box and get them hitting. You got to get yourself going somehow. You got to, I mean, Dude, I totally understand some of these moves. Like, I'm not, I will sit here and tell, you know, I credit Meat because he is looking at the analytics. He yes. is looking at matchups. He's looking at all these numbers. And in I, theory, I, in theory, it is right, right? Like, like, in theory, it works. In Major League Baseball, you've got a bunch of millionaires who are being paid a lot of money to embrace roles, right? Like, Jock Peterson embraces a role as a pinch hitter with the Braves because he's making a lot of money to do so. Um, they're embracing the shifts. Let's overshift to the left on a hitter who pulls just about everything. At some point, though, 18 to 23-year-old kids can't comprehend all that, right? Like, it's processing too much when you need to simplify this game and go play. And that's the only thing that I'll say about it because I don't want to critique the staff. I'm not a coach. I'm not a, you know, former player. I'm just a broadcaster, right? Like, that's, that's just what I do. But from the outside looking in, it just it just it looks seems like seems like panic it just, at times, and it just looks like a lot of kids are thinking rather than just playing. Right. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. I think if Meat goes back to the to simplifying some things in the coming weeks, like I, I do think Meat's been around the game a long time. Um, he remembers being a player himself, and I, I would be I, I would wouldn't be surprised to see some things um, kind of taken down a, a notch or two in terms of uh, how they want to approach. Um, man, getting swapped sucks. It really. It really leaves a bad taste in your mouth. And then, like you said, Brett, I'm really glad they get to play Tuesday and Wednesday. I know Meat was ready to play Tuesday and Wednesday. He was in the postgame presser saying, I just really hope we get to play um, immediately. He said the majors have it right. You know, They get to play 162 times because it is a long season. And I agree with Meat on that. Um, we do have to talk about some good things. Parker Messick, take a bow, man. Uh, you are ridiculous. You are fun to watch. You are one of the best pitchers in Florida State history. And, and you do that week in and week out. You had a no-hitter into the seventh. He put the team on his back when, uh, was it Bertrand? John Michael Bertrand was matching him inning for inning. And Parker loves that, man. He loves the, the competitiveness. He loves when another guy's going toe-to-toe with him because it brings out that football mentality when he was back in high school of competing. And Brett, every time he toes the rubber – you feel really good when Messick's on the hill. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. He's the best pitcher in college baseball. Um, there's really no debate about it. I mean, you can look wherever you want for whoever you want. No one's going to give you everything that Parker gives you. Um, I mean, eight innings, two hits, eleven Ks, no walks. I mean, he was fantastic. Six point two hitless innings. Um, Six point two perfect innings. If 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 it wasn't for an error as well. Um, I mean, he's. I think he's turned himself into a first rounder. I think the stuff has gotten better and better. I think his body continues to get better and better. If you're an MLB scout and you come watch Parker, it's hard to come away. And, and, and I mean, we get to watch Parker every week, but all it takes is one time to watch Parker to know that kid is going to compete his ass off every time he steps on the mound. And every time he steps on the mound, he's going to give you a chance to win. I don't, I don't care what level it's at. Um, I just think he, he he's he's just a special a pl- special baseball player, and I don't think you could you can pass up on that if you're an if you're a major league organization. You know what's crazy too is like in the middle of these intense battles, he'll go sit in the dugout, leaning back, and he's like smiling, talking to his teammates. Like it's not it's not this intense like sit down and nobody talk to me. I'm too much for you guys right now. Like I don't want to be approached. Parker loves college baseball. He comes from a great family, by the way. I mean they they've raised him the right way. It's fun to watch his dad freak out, same level uh, as Parker on the mound. You'll see Parker kind of do the K strut, and I promise you TJ seems like he's doing the K strut in the stands himself. Um, He will play for a very long time in this sport, 
And Messick can swing the stick too. I think he's going to tell people that, hey, man, I, I, I homered in my first at bat. So uh, kudos to you, man. Uh, you give Florida State a chance every single time. His teammates love him. And he goes out there each and every week. I mean, this week was what? Shoot. I mean, 11 strikeouts, eight innings, two hits, no runs. Notre Dame looked like they had no shot every time they were up. And uh, I bet Jordan Carrion would have begged for the error if he could have, uh, you know, lobbied for something. It was a clear base hit. I mean, it was an infield hit. But Carrion uh, made a pretty good play on it to just keep it in the infield. Um, I want to say, you know, Davis Hare, again, was really good this weekend, I thought. He continues to shine. I thought Jonas Scalaro was was pretty good this weekend. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to, I think, be hard on Jonah uh, because you know he's he's the name that's going to give up the that's going to be there right when the runs are given up. Like that's just that's the nature of the beast. You accept that responsibility when you tow the rubber in high leverage situations. Before the home run he gave up on Friday in the twelfth inning, I mean he had gone what two and a third innings something like that, and it was shut down baseball. And then the, the next day, he strikes out a big batter. He, inher- he inherits runners, strikes out a batter, and gives up a chopper up the middle on the shift that Florida State was playing that Green, you know, just could It was a bad break. And so I, I thought, for the most part, I thought the bullpen actually pitched pretty well for the weekend. My critique of the bullpen is not the arms. It's the lack of arms. It's the, it's, to me, it's the depth that I really want to see I want to see two or three more names, Brett, kind of jump out there and, and, and kind of give you some options in the 7th, 8th, and ninth. Yeah, but I think we don't see those other options because they're not using them. It's like I don't really have concerns with the bullpen. I mean, I could trust Jackson Baumeister to go out there at any time in any game and get somebody out, give you a scoreless inning. Um, you know, I feel like if Wyatt is throwing fastball slider and, you know, attacking hitters, that he can get anybody out too. Davis, I feel like, is the best he's ever been. At Florida State, I think Connor Whitaker is, is throwing the ball really well and getting out guys out every time he steps in the mound. Um, you know, yeah, I'm going to stick my neck out for Jonah, too, and there were so many things about Jonah this weekend on social media, all over the place, um, that I felt were completely unwarranted. They're unfair. From, it's completely unfair. From how Jonah pitched this weekend, um, Friday I thought he pitched amazing. I thought he was one pitch away from a really, really good outing. Um, felt like he was pushed one in, one batter too far or one fastball too far. I mean, the pitch he gave up the home run to on Friday, if you go back and watch, Colton doesn't move his glove an inch. That's a good pitch. Um, hitter just gets it. You tip your cap. Um, that yep. happens. Uh, I mean, it, it was – I know some people were like, it's right down the middle, middle, middle. It, no, it, you go back and watch. Colton doesn't move his glove from the inner half or where he was set up. Kid just just made a good swing on the ball, and that happens. Um, and by the way, if you're in the 12th inning, and Jonah's been pitching since what the eighth or the ninth? Yeah, Jonah's giving you two two innings. You're to the walk home team. It off. Walk it off, please. Yeah. Like, uh, come on now. Why is the game continuing t- to pull along? Yeah, that's... you're leaving guys in run- in scoring position with the lineup. Yeah, I could not understand why people were so upset with Jonah on Friday. Um, the longer the game went, Brett, the longer I felt okay. Notre Dame's winning this one. Yeah, because it's um, like you had the master class from Parker. And then you had your bullpen kind of give you a lot of chances to just scrap across one run. Yeah. You needed one run. And it could have been a blue pit in the right field that scores a runner from second. Yeah. You just couldn't do it. Yeah, no matter who's on the mound, um, you got to find a way to scratch across a run. But, you know, Saturday, um, I mean, they bring Jonah back out after he threw 31 pitches the day before. Um, I, I didn't like taking out Baumeister. I know he was at 40-some pitches, but Jackson was built up to 60-plus in, in the preseason uh, and he was cruising. I mean, he the last inning he was out there, he was up to 95 and struck out the side. Uh, Jackson was a starter all of high school. Um, I felt like he could have closed that game out and, and kind of given your bullpen some rest after you used Davis a lot and Jonah a lot in the first game. Um, and, you know, Jonah walked a guy on Saturday, but he came into a 1-0 count and it happened on a 3-2 count. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I know Davis lost a, a splitter of the hitter before, but Davis has been sharp all year. I, I thought Davis could have closed it out himself as well. He's been your best I bullpen mean, arm consistently. Yeah. No one, we don't know what, what's going to end up happening there. But, yeah, Jonah then, you know, he gets a tapper in, right in front of the, the plate, and then he gets a strikeout, and then he gets a chopper, and people are mad at him. I don't understand that. Um, and I also, you know, I, you know, also on the walk, they missed a foul pop-up that 
It's two fifth-year seniors. Actually, no, Baz was at first, not Terrell. But, I mean, Jackson's a fifth-year senior who's subbed into the game, and he can't catch a foul pop-up. Uh, you know, I, you know that is a tough play, especially at Hauser. It's kind of dark in those corners behind the bags. Um, but, I mean, Jonah made the pitches for them to close that game out. Um, and you didn't make the defensive plays. You know, it was a good play by Jackson to even get to that ball. But, you know, the throw home was not pretty close. I mean, that's a tough throw. But, you know, you're hoping for a better throw than that to give you a chance. Um, you know, I didn't completely understand why they took B-Rob out. I thought B-Rob was playing quite well defensively at second base. Um, and Jackson struggled a little bit at second base this year after the fall. But, you know, last year he was so solid for them that it's hard to question that. Um, you know, the shift, I don't think they make a play on that ball anyways to get the guy on it first if, if they're not in the shift. Um, it was pretty up the middle, and that thing was – I mean, the last bounce it took on Jackson was, like, crazy. I don't think I've ever seen a bounce. It looked like it hit a trampoline or something. Um, but overall, I don't, I don't, I still don't have, I still don't have concerns over the bullpen if they use it the right way is kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think for me, it's not concern as much as I'd like more depth. That's literally, I, I want more than three names. I, that I, I think still, you can use. I still think their, their best option at closer is going to be Montgomery. And I know they want to build him up as a starter and I wouldn't mind giving him a few more starts, but at some point I think they need to realize that that's their best option. And if not him, Baumeister, I think, and if not him, Davis. Um, and it's nothing against Jonah. It's just your best way to use Jonah, in my opinion, is to have him any game at any moment to go get you two or three ounce against lefties or two or three ounce with the changeup against righties in the seventh, eighth, sixth inning. You know, since Meats got here, he said he wants a power arm in the bullpen as his closer. Then then why aren't we doing that? I don't, I don't understand. I'd love to see Jonah sometimes even be used as an opener. Like, I think he can go out there and give you two or three innings right off the bat um, just because I think he's hard to hit first time through the order. Like, I really I, mean, I really think he's got good stuff. Jonah has 27 Ks in 19 innings. Yeah, so it's, it's obvious he has good stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think the walks at times for him, he'll, he'll tell you probably he wants to clean that up, I think, in some I mean, of those he only outings. Has three walks in 19 innings this year. I feel like this weekend, though, it felt like what? Uh, there was a big one. Well, the big one was on on Saturday after a foul pop-up dropped in foul territory, and he came into that count 1-0. So it's hard for me to fault him for a free pass there. but That's fair. I mean, uh, all of Saturday I just felt like, I don't know, I just felt like that game kind of got away with them between management and execution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't be mad at anybody, I think, specifically. I just think as, as a whole, you didn't play well. I but mean, the positive is you were you, uh, you were a couple timely hits away and a couple of time, timely pitches away from winning all three against them yeah. or winning two of three or just one. But I mean, it's the same problems, Brad, that they had against Florida in the midweek. It was like you're not making plays. Like you're just not making the plays to win a game against Well, you're not making opponent. the plays that they're making. And, I mean, Notre Dame was making dive-in plays, this and that. Brannigan was probably the best third baseman I've ever seen in college. I mean, it was insane. Um, I think the shortstop made a player or two. Second baseman made a player or two. Um, and, I mean, I mean, Logan made a couple plays at third and, and second, and Jordan made a couple plays at short as well. But, you know, overall it's just other teams have made winning plays and FSU hasn't in the last five games. That's, that's just what it comes down to because – Outside of the Sunday game against Duke, it's not like you're getting smoked. Um, but you can't find the timely hit, and you can't you can't close it out either. You weren't far off from sweeping Notre Dame either. Like it was like things go your way a couple times, and you know it's a different conversation. I don't think that changes any of the issues that you have. Um, man, it's not fun, right? Like it's not fun to no. talk about a sweep. I, I don't really want to talk about Friday's game anymore at all. Uh, the Bertrand kid's fantastic college pitcher. Man, he was he could do whatever he wanted. Notre Dame's entire staff as a whole, I thought, was really impressive. Um, a lot of pitchability guys, a couple power arms that can come in and, and clean things up for you. Rao, I think, was one, and Brannigan coming in throwing ninety eight each. And I'm like, wow, that's uh that's filthy. Saturday was frustrating because you made it felt like all the momentum plays to win. Uh Colton Vincent, tip of the cap to you, brother. Uh you've been I know there's been some frustration from a lot of fans on social media and 
he's been at the brunt of it, and I don't think it's well. I don't think it's deserved. Which is, you know, earlier this season, why Brett that you had been saying you got to give Colton a chance to kind of keep going. And you know what happens to hard hit balls? Eventually, they find holes, and they did for him this weekend. Uh, Colton's hitting one over three hundred in ACC play. It's got to be close. So. Yeah, he's been and even. On Sunday, he had two hard-hit balls for ounce. He had a hard-hit ball on, on last Sunday for an out, too. Um, Colton's their best hitter right now. He's just putting together the most competitive at-bats. I mean, outside of him and Tyler, it feels like everyone's in a slump. And, I mean, Tyler just got back. So, yeah, it, it's... He makes a difference, doesn't he, in that lineup? Yeah, I mean, it was can see it. very nice to have Tyler back this weekend. Um, I think Tyler's got to play every single game. Um, I... Didn't love that he wasn't starting that second game, but I get they were trying to play the matchups and everything. But um, Tyler's got to be out there every day as a table table setter. He's the one guy that can really, really use this approach. I think him and Colton are actually two guys that can can use the approach pretty well um, and understand it well. Um, but yeah, it's just been good to see Colton kind of get rewarded for the quality at bats that he strung together early in the year that that weren't rewarding him then, uh, but he is getting rewarded now. Can we package uh, Bryce and Ross together? Uh, quick, quick thoughts on on their starts this weekend. Yeah, so I think I think Bryce is, is someone else who kind of just needs to simplify things. Um, I feel like he's been toying with the breaking balls a lot and kind of trying to get them so perfected that he's almost kind of lost them the last two starts. Um, and I didn't really think he had feel for anything on this start. Uh, didn't really have much fastball command. Kind of just grinded it out for three innings. They scraped they scrape two runs across on him. Um, yeah, I don't have any concerns long-term with Bryce. I just think he needs to kind of go back to the drawing board and kind of just, you know, get back to what makes him really good and, you know, the fastball up in the zone with the with the two breaking balls and throwing them for strikes and, you know, throwing the slider for the swing and misses. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any long-term concerns with Bryce. He's too much of a competitor and too good. Um to have, you know, too many, too, too many bad outings or not many outings when he goes, you know, more than five plus or gives you a chance to win. I mean, it's not like he didn't give you a chance to win either, but he just didn't, didn't have that efficiency. didn't have the sharpness that you expect from him when he's out there. Uh, for Ross, uh, I thought it was actually a step in the right direction after last week. I thought he threw the ball much better, um, but a good team like Notre Dame makes you pay for mistakes. Uh, he left a, left a couple balls up, and they both went out of the yard. Um, first inning after two free passes, they make you pay. Um, you know, their whole lineup this weekend felt like Cole and Putts. I don't know if anything anyone in their lineup did anything outside of those two. Um, I think they did pretty much all of the damage all weekend. Um, but, yeah, I thought Ross wasn't horrible. I know he gave up five runs in five innings. Um, you know, it was also striking guys out. I thought the curveball – um, you know, it wasn't as sharp as, as you want it to be, but it, it took a step in the right direction. Um, you know, I think – I still think Ross is, is the Sunday guy for this team to me, and I don't think they're going to sway on that either. It's a weird line, right? When you Whenever you see more runs than hits given up, it's always like, what happened? And, you know, Ross only gave up five hits, and there will be starts where five hits will turn into no runs or just one run, and uh, he got beat. A couple times on home runs. Notre Dame's a really good team, y'all. Like, Brett and I, I think, have differences of opinion on how good Notre Dame is. I'm over the moon about them. Um, Brett's more reserved about their talent level. And I think Notre Dame, me and him actually made a bet uh, earlier. No money involved because we're not allowed to do that. But um, I said I think Notre Dame's making the World Series. Like, I think they're an Omaha team. And, you know, Brett's still wait and see on the Irish, I think, on, on what they can do. But... That they were so clutch, man. Like, they make every play defensively. I told you this in the preview. That's a team that has some swagger about them. Like, if they believe, they'll never believe they're out of a game. And that happened Saturday. Friday, they kept fighting. Uh, Link Jarrett is doing a really, really good job in South Bend. A really good job. Yeah, so I'm not going to go ahead and say, like, FSU made the wrong decision or anything like that. No, that's not even what I'm insinuating. No, no. I really but like Link Jarrett, though. I think coach. it's still going to take a while to see between me and Link, who's a better program builder. But there was an obvious um, – it was pretty obvious this weekend which one has been a head coach for a little while and which one is, is only in year two of being a head coach. I just felt like – I just felt like all weekend Notre Dame was a step ahead in the moves they made. I felt like they kind of dictated 
the moves that were made by t- each team all see all the whole series it felt like they were kind of in control of that um i mean i felt like every single pitching move they made was perfectly timed i felt like every matchup they got was perfectly timed they were able to you know kind of get meet to make moves and then ma- they made a move off of that um yeah it just felt like they were always that step ahead i mean you know, they, they went with the opener on Saturday, then meet makes line, changes to the whole lineup in the second inning instead of waiting um, to put in – instead of waiting till the guys come up to pinch hit and then they go with the, you know, the guy that's actually their Saturday starter, um, you know, a lefty, and bring him in. And he goes, I think, what, five innings out of the pen against a bunch of FSU's lefties who usually would not be in in that scenario. And You're talking about Tyrell? Uh, I think Mercer was the Saturday. Mercer, oh, oh. sorry, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tyrell came in that that's that Sunday game, but it felt like they both did similar things. Yeah, <laughs> neutralizing a lot. But it was just that Saturday game. I mean, it felt like FSU used their whole bench by the second inning, and it was kind of like uh, that's why I was confused. And I'm like, yeah, are we comfortable with what we put out there in the first place? Yeah, or was there some second guessing? I don't know, and I don't either. Sunday, Tim's not starting on Sunday. Did not make any sense to me either and i like trade tips play every day brett yeah yeah i think it's it's getting to the point where you're so many other guys are struggling that you need an impact bat like tibbs and he's one of the guys that's struggling too but at any point tibbs can flip the switch on a game and you need that type of bat in a lineup like this that has some guys that don't have pop like i mean you know you're not going to get much pop from carry on and vincent and and you know tyler's not going to give you a ton of pop obviously he's going to give you some you know the on-base percentage and, and do everything that you want from him, but you you need that that impact that 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 sudden impact from Tibbs every day in my opinion, and I think I think they they need to get to that point and realize that soon. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh well, Baumeister and Whitaker, two young guys. Let's pair them together. Uh, they're both starting to show you some things. I think the future of your, uh, your I don't want to call it your pen because they could both be starters in the future. Um, the future of your arms, I think, is in a good spot, right? You've got Baumeister, the power arm, Whitaker, who really can come in and kind of paint both sides of the plate. Yeah, I've always kind of likened um, Seawit to, to Connor Grady, and I think he's shown that early. Just three pitches for strike induces a lot of – weak contact and a lot of ground balls with, you know, the sinking fastball. Um, you know, I think he can still be a little bit better too. I think he's thrown more walks and then, you know, you would expect out of him, um, you know, usually pounds the strike zone, two walks on, on Sunday, um, you know, obviously against a good Notre Dame lineup, but um, just going to be a kid that eats up innings for a long time here. And, you know, he's going to be in some bigger roles moving forward, I think, next year and the year beyond. Um, so, you know, obviously really excited about what um, Whitaker can do for this club. Uh, Jackson on, 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 on Saturday was – it was electric. It was everything that we expected Jackson to be when he came here as a top prospect, and that's what it should look like. Fastball's up in the zone, giving the hitters no chance. Um, when his fastball's in the zone, I mean – I don't. I don't care if it's over the middle with Jackson. I, I don't. Not many college hitters are going to touch that. Between the extension he gets and and the and the speed, um, I mean, it just it just explodes on hitters. Um, and the curveball keeps getting better and better every outing. Changeup was the best it's been. I think um, that was it was as dominant as it gets. I mean, didn't give up a hit. Only gave up one base runner. Uh, five strike counts. Last inning he was out there. He struck out the side. <laughs> You okay over there? No. <laughs> no. Baumeister strikes on the side to end it. Um, I really don't think Notre Dame had a chance if Jackson stayed in for the rest of that game. I mean, he was in full control of the game. He was dominating kids. Um, he could have been signaling fastball to them. I don't think they would have hit it. It was it was fun to watch. I'm alive. I apologize for that. I was having a moment. I almost died. All right. Um, yeah, Baumeister was electric, and he was putting uh, Notre Dame batters to sleep. But I, I really like, again, where the future of these arms are, is going. I mean, I, I like this talent. You know, I was talking to Meet a couple weeks ago, and he was saying if you like some of these young bats and, and some of these young arms now, just wait to what we got coming. And there are some guys in this class and the one following that are going to be pretty special. Um, and I know, Brett, you've covered that in the past with, with the recruiting and 
Uh, the future is bright. They've done a nice job on the trail of, of getting some really high-level premium talents, and Baumeister and Whitaker are two of them. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's anything else I want to touch on. Sunday was the best offensive game for Florida State. Seven runs on 11 hits. Brett, not many times you're going to get swept and you out-hit the opponent on the weekend. FSU out-hit Notre Dame both Saturday and Sunday and were even in hits on Friday. That's why I'm saying this is such a weird series for Florida State. They were not dominated despite losing all three games. Not only were they not dominated, they could have won the series pretty easily if some things go their way. A credit Notre Dame for that, uh, but I want to talk about Sunday because I thought the bats after, what, what would you say now? Uh, four straight, it was four straight quiet outings. They finally came to life on that Sunday. Yeah, and I mean, I think Notre Dame kind of handed them some stuff early. I mean, the the, the starter walked three guys, and um, I mean, he, he really didn't have any idea where the ball was going. Um, and then they kind of got carved up by Tyrell. Tyrell. Um, not really carved up. Didn't strike out too much against Tyrell, but they just couldn't get a timely hit against him for some reason. A lot of that had to do with Notre Dame's defense as well. Like I mentioned, the Brannigan play earlier. Um, probably a completely different game if he didn't, doesn't make that dive and stop right there. Um, you know, it was good to see Lacey get get back in the groove a little bit with three hits. Um, I mean, Colton continues to hit. That's good to see. Uh, but, I mean, still, a lot of these guys are in some some big slumps. I mean, Carry on is in a huge slump. I think Terrell's in a huge slump. Jaime had no hits again on, on Sunday. Um, my thing with some of these kids is we know they can hit. Um, we know Jaime can hit. It, it, it was a matter of time for a freshman slump for him. Um, I think he's I think he's three for his last six, 17, something like that. Um, I, I mean, that's not a kid that's going to be in a slump the rest of the season. Um, you know, Carrion's not going to give you a ton of pop, but he's going to put the ball in play and give you competitive at-bats. Um, you know, B-Rob's still in a bit of a slump, but we know he can hit. He's done it everywhere else he's been, did it in the Cape Cod League, so don't tell me he hasn't faced good pitching at Tennessee Tech, faced the best pitchers in the country all summer and hit 300-plus. With a wooden bat. Yeah. Um, Lacey, we know he can hit. He did it last year here. We know he can hit for pop. Uh, yeah. I mean, we, Tibbs, we know he can hit. Um, Reese, we know the the way he's hit earlier this year, it's, you know, he just simply with a simple approach, I I trust Reese that he's going to hit for contact and put the ball in play and give you singles and do some little things for you. Um, this, this team's not going to slump for the rest of the year. It's, 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 it's not going to be that way for the rest of the year. And, um, they got to bounce back these two midweek games offensively, give them a chance. I think they, they got to show something to us. And these two midweek games, I think. Yeah, I would really like this week for them to go four and one. I would be, I think you're right back on track. If you go four and one, you're going to go up in the rankings, probably back to a top 15 team consensus. Um, I just think it was a humbling week, right? It goes to show when you're not playing your best. And there were little cracks in the armor throughout the season leading up to this point. And we said, Brett, that the schedule was going to get tougher. You were going to really find out what you were made of when you played this stretch of games coming up. So far, they have not passed those tests, but they haven't looked overwhelmed by anybody yet um, in this little uh, uptick of, stre- of, of a schedule. Uh, is there anything you want to wrap up the weekend on? Because uh, yeah. I, I want to do a podcast probably yeah. later this week previewing Georgia Tech. I think for the sake of time on this yeah. one, we try to wrap this one up. Yeah, for me, the one real concern is Terrell. Um I don't know exactly what we're going to get from him the rest of the year. It's just, it just seems like he's swinging in the same exact spot every single pitch and that teams are able to kind of pitch around that the way they want to. Um, He's over his last 18. um, And some of these at bats just haven't really seemed competitive. You you can't really go away from Alex. He's your first baseman. Um, Alex just has to figure things out. I don't really know where they go to do that. Um, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, this is what he was always at at Miami. But, I mean, his K rate the last two years was 28%, and he had 272. And this year's K rate's 43%. He's hitting 235. Um, yeah, I just don't know exactly what they do there to to get him going again. It just seems like he's really struggling to, to, to get it, to put it together right now. Yeah, it's been... 
It's been hard to watch. The, the thing that is it's, good, Alex, Alex cares, and Alex, he he likes everybody in that everybody in that dugout likes him, and he's, he's the leader in that he's dugout. A good dude, man, that's like he's gonna. I'm like Alex isn't just going to the park every day and and not caring and and slouching around, and you know he's probably working his like I've heard he's been having really good BPs, and he just gets in games and he feels fine and. He just can't get it. Like he just can't find that one ball to get him back going together. Um, He's also provided two of your biggest moments of the season, right? Um, to tie up some games. Um, and you know that Pop's still going to be there with him. Oh yeah. But he's got to put the ball in play to have it happen. Um, and you know, I thought he was better on Sunday, putting the ball in play and some better swings. Um, but it's just it, it feels like he's struggling to make some adjustments to the way people are pitching to him. Uh, just a lot of change-ups, Adam, from right-handers that he that he's really struggling to lay off of. Um, yeah, that's really my biggest concern right now. I also think defensively you can't afford for him to come out of, out of the no, field. No, correct. There's I don't not, think your alternative to him at first is, is a good one. Well, there's just no one else there that's real natural first, first baseman. Um, you know, I didn't love that they had to throw Baz out there late in the game on Saturday. That's where I would like Cade Bush to be instead of starting and getting zero at-bats and only playing two innings in the field. Um, Hypothetically, and you can just say no immediately, can Tyler Martin play first? Would not they, right now. Would they even entertain it? Not right now. Not while he's not, while he's not able to throw. Um, you know, I know people are going to say, well, first base. I mean, it's rare for first baseman to throw the ball. But, but they do have to sometimes. Yeah, they're not going to put Tyler out there at first. Um, gotcha. Especially not until he's healthy, and I think – when he does come back, we see him at second or third, maybe first if Alex is still going as rough as he is now. Um, you know, the one other thing I will say is I still think the one thing that's going for this team still is chemistry. Um, I know a lot of people want to say that, you know, there's a divide in the locker room or this and that because they're not playing well. Um, you know, that's just not true. These guys really like each other. Um, you know, I'm down there most days at BP. Um, you know, these these kids like each other. They have fun with each other. Um, I think they keep each other positive still. You know, I haven't really seen any heads down too much. They just need something to go their way. And I think, um, you know, hopefully it puts them back on track. Um, you know, we'll obviously see what happens and how they perform at GT this next weekend will tell us a lot because of that response and, and playing another good baseball team and going on the road. I think going on the road might be a good thing for them. I don't know how long we've been here at Hauser outside of that one neutral site game in Jacksonville, but it's felt like we've been here forever. Um, so I think getting back on the road as a team and kind of getting away from the noise in Tallahassee, uh, I think it will do them good. Uh, but obviously, like you said, we'll, we'll preview Georgia Tech later in the week. Yeah. Again, 4-1 and one this week, and it's funny how the game works, right? Like, it's a completely different vibe, a completely different atmosphere. I mean, <laughs> things all, change week to week. The thing is, already <laughs> out this season, outside of Tennessee, everyone's had a down. Like, it feels like every program. Bro, Vandy just got swept. But it's like every, I mean, it just feels like every program's already had downs this year. It's just. Did, did Ole Miss get swept by Tennessee too? Uh, yes. And Ole Miss, I don't, they might have lost their series at Kentucky. I don't, I believe so. I don't remember exactly. Florida got swept at Georgia. But it's just, I mean, the thing with college baseball now is it's, it's as good as it's been. It's as good as it's ever going to be because of the shortened drafts and the extra years of eligibility. Um, I mean, we're still, there's still a lot of kids that are in college baseball that usually would not be in college baseball. Um, teams are going to beat each other up all year. You got to make winning plays to win games against good teams, and you just aren't doing it right now. Uh, if you make a play or two here, I think going forward, um, you'll be fine. But you got to make those plays. Until we see it, it's a it's a concern that they haven't made them. But I think it's we know they're capable of, of doing it. Twenty nineteen really taught me a lesson uh, because the things people were saying, myself included, uh, about that team before they barely snuck into the turn. I mean, there were some people that said they were definitely the last team in uh, to that field. If they weren't the last team in, they were the second or third to last team in. All of a sudden, you know, <laughs> they were not good in the regular season. And all of a sudden, they're in Omaha. And yeah. so that, but that year taught me perspective on this game. When you think you got it, you have it figured out, baseball will teach you you, ha you know nothing about the sport. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think a, this one sweep will take them out of contention for anything. No. I think it's it's disappointing in the way that you had a chance to win the series. You had a chance to, to win all, all three games, really, 
And it kind of takes away from the work you did in the first six weeks because now you're back to only five games above 500 when you're halfway through the season, even though you won your first six series. It's just, I mean, you're only six. I mean, you're 500 in the ACC. It's just, I mean, you win that Sunday game, you're seven and five. That's such a big difference. It's just, it's so tough to to get swept and, you know, it not mean a big deal just in the rankings alone. Yeah. And again, you fell to 20, I think, at worst, right? Was that the lowest D1? D1, D1 I feel like baseball. D1 baseball over. D1 baseball does not like FSU either. Just they don't. I mean, well, Parker was making there. making fun of D1 baseball for keeping FSU at five with all those number of losses, and they kept saying series, series this, series that, series wins, and then FSU loses the series, gets swept, and D1 I mean, baseball's like, we want to do what we've been wanting to do to them. We I did mean, what we wanted to do for weeks. Parker was number six in their top what, 100 starting pitchers? This week? Yeah. What? And he was behind Bryce, too, which, okay. you know, I think Bryce and Hub, I mean, I think Bryce and Parker are right there with each other, but, like, I don't know how you don't have Parker in the top five of top 100 starting pitchers in the country. Like, give me a break. You're just you're just wrong at that point. You're trying to be wrong. I don't know. Yeah. What was the highest FSU was ranked? Was it 13th by Baseball America? I believe so. And I think 16 in perfect game and What's the coaches 18 pull? in coaches, I believe, was it what it was? 18 or 19, I you believe. You know what? I really do think anywhere from 15 to 20 is fair right now. Yeah. Right now. This yeah. is a this and is I, a this is a regional host caliber this, team that if they want to be a super regional host is going to have to make those plays against really good teams coming up. And, and I think sorry, I think that's this, okay. I think this team was number five just because they hadn't lost a series yet. There was no reason to drop them in any polls. I don't think it was necessarily because everybody thought they were the fifth one of the best, best five team. teams in the country. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't even feel like they should have been they are a top five team at the moment. Do they have that capability? Yeah, always. I think they do have that capability yeah. with the staff. Starts with Georgia Tech, man. You win two out of three there. You can put that feather in your cap. That's your best series one of the year probably if you do it. Then you got opportunities against Louisville who's starting to trend in the right direction. You've got TCU who I think will be a big late season. Like Both teams could be competing out of different conferences for a regional host or something of that caliber. Miami will be a lot of fun. That Hurricanes team's pretty good. They swept Duke this weekend. Uh, there will be, be some opportunities, Brett. They've got opportunities, no shortage of them. And so we'll talk about that the rest of the year. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening in. I hope we struck the right balance here in this podcast. Let us know if we did. Um, we want to make sure that people understand, you know, we don't, we're not excited about the way they played this weekend. I think perspective, though, is very, very important on it. Um, and so, you know, if you have questions, we'd love to answer them in the next episode. I think we're going to aim for a uh, a Thursday pod, if we can, to try and release it on Thursday for you. Um, and we'll take a look at a number of different things uh, there. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Pods. And uh, we would appreciate ranking us five stars if you can. Brett's putting his finger up. I think he's got one more thing to say before we say Yeah, just saying, JU Tuesday at 7, oh, Stetson yes. Wednesday at 4, both on ACC Network Extra, I believe, and both at Hauser. Please win both of them. Thinking, well, I'm thinking as of now, that Whitaker may be, I mean, Baumeister or Whitaker, or one of those two, more likely Baumeister, I think if they don't use him Tuesday, will be the that fifth starter. For the love of everything that's good, please be JU. Just please be JU. I'm tired of them. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time.